Hi there, this is Emily Williams, Disability Advisor for the Diocese of Leicester, and you're listening to the Disability in the Church podcast, a place where I chat to different guests all about disability inclusion within the Christian church. I hope this will be a place where we can learn together, make mistakes together, and spark new ideas together. This episode was recorded remotely during the UK lockdown, therefore the sound quality might not be as good as normal, but the content is still fab. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. As I've said before, I'm really hoping that this is a podcast where we can chat about lots of different things surrounding disability and inclusion within the Christian church. If you didn't catch my first episode, then it's worth going back for a listen. I talked to the lovely Becky George about Macton and all the work she's doing to support churches and being able to use it more widely. But on to today, today I'm joined by Karen Sly. Hi, Karen. Um, (laughs) For those of you that don't know, Karen is the Deaf Development Worker for Leicester Diocese and is a BSL interpreter. Uh, We'll come back to your role within the diocese in a minute, but before that, would you like to just introduce yourself and how you became uh, a BSL interpreter? Yeah, okay. Okay, so my name is Karen and I'm not going to disclose my age, but thankfully my big number is not during lockdown, it's next year. Uh, I've got three children and I'm with my mother half Emerson and we live in Thurnby and all three of the children um, hit their big teenage birthdays during lockdown, bless them. So I've got three teenagers, one 18, one 16 and one 13. Um, oh, big party next year then. Oh, yes, got to be, got to be. I'm so excited <laughs> because he had booked for driving lessons at the beginning of lockdown and that was cancelled. And then he booked again for November the 13th and that was cancelled. So now it's put off till next year, but bless him. Oh, that's so, sad. Yeah, so I'll tell you a bit about why I became a sign language interpreter and why I wanted to learn sign language. My parents are both deaf. And so I was born into the deaf community and my first language is British Sign Language. That's what the BSL stands for, British Sign Language. So I've been born- You you learnt BSL before you learnt to speak, like spoken English. Yes. Wow, that's incredible. Yes. So that, I mean, for me, some people think, well, how did you manage living in a family where the parents were deaf? And I say, well, it's just like growing up in a family where your first language is French or Gujarati or any language like that. It's got its own culture, its own, its own whole language. And it, it didn't affect me. I think at one point when I was little, I was sent to school early because they wanted to ensure that I would learn to speak. A television was on in the house. And I think that I would get confused between talking and signing and I would not have no voice coming out of my mouth, but it hadn't been a problem. I've absolutely loved it. And I think that's why, um, that's why I kind of naturally became an interpreter. When I was younger, there weren't interpreters. It was missionaries or social workers. And I wanted to be a social worker, but then after time, this role of being an interpreter kind of came out and I thought, well, that's what I'll pursue. I really enjoyed it. It's a really interesting role and you know it's great it's something that you can do to create that kind of access between the two worlds the deaf world and the hearing world and empower deaf people to live independently. So naturally then you've been really aware of the deaf community um, and how maybe some elements of life can be really really quite different and difficult for individuals with hearing loss. 
before recording this, I did some homework <laughs> and I saw that the Royal National Institute for Deaf People estimates that there's around 12 million adults living with hearing loss in the UK right now. And then by 2035, that will have risen to around 14.2. That's huge. That's big, big numbers. Mm. Um, they reckon that's around one in five adults. So if you're thinking church life, one in five adults in your church will have some form of hearing loss. Clearly, your role within the diocese is needed to fight for, fight for all yes. those people. That, that's not a tiny element. My husband's locked out the house. <laughs> Joys, my doll. Oh, here's your dog. Uh, oh. Professional. <laughs> this is lockdown meetings. Proper. Oh, that's so funny. So right back. So clearly, your role is very needed. It's big, big numbers we're talking about. Yes. I mean, when I began, I mean, I began in 1996 as a sign language interpreter. And back then, that was one in seven. That was the big kind of buzz thing. One in seven people have a hearing loss. Then kind of now to see it had been 1.6. And then to <laughs> the future is going to be 1.5. That is a high number of people. I mean, the range of deafness varies from those who are born profoundly deaf, whose first language is British Sign Language. Then you have people who may have a moderate hearing loss and they'll call themselves hard of hearing, they'll wear hearing aids. And then there's those that may have accidents that then they become deafened, wholly deafened. So there's a whole spectrum. And then there's age related deafness. So there is a whole spectrum of a range of people with a different form of deafness. Would you say sort of like autism is one word for a massive range of different things would you sort of say hearing loss deafness is a similar sort of it's an umbrella term for a huge range of needs yes. the whole range from profoundly deaf all the way to having some moderate form i mean people may have a hearing aid and manage quite well and then some people may have hearing aids and really struggle because they're at the maximum output of an input of what those hearing aids can cope with so how each pe each person copes on a day-to-day -day basis will vary yeah my role focuses predominantly with those who first language is british sign language so they are the most kind of marginalized in society because of language being a barrier so my role focuses mainly, mainly on them, making services accessible in British Sign Language, making sure they can access God's word. But the biggest barrier I feel out there is for those who have a hearing loss, who don't know they've got a hearing loss or who struggle. And they're, they're often, they're the hidden, it's a hidden disability because you won't know that they're deaf. And quite often they, they're very quiet and private about it. And the numbers falling from church of those people in that category is very, very high. And that is really, really worrying. And in Leicester, we did have a really big group of hard of hearing people that was um, based within the deaf centre on Walford Road. But then that deaf centre closed. And unfortunately, that group hasn't continued. And we do have a few that come with us based at our deaf centre, but there's a massive piece of work that needs to happen to support those people with that hearing loss. So maybe in my stereotypical brain, I'm thinking people that gradually get hearing loss and maybe are those people you're talking about. Um, in my head, that's elderly people. Is that 
is that a hard fast rule or actually do we need to broaden that and that's because because i i've met people that are you know 17 18 19 20 that for reasons unbeknown to them they've not had a car accident they are just gradually losing losing some hearing for no real reason it's not only elderly people the majority of them are but there are those who may have an underlying health condition that causes deafness uh, to to you know to happen as they just through childhood you know there's quite a lot of people out there and they're severely isolated and it is quite worrying that they don't get to meet other people like themselves i mean i'm seeing a lot of issues with deaf children children who have a hearing loss at school and suffering bullying because they've got something different they've got a hearing aid children are naturally interested oh what's that what have you got and they could be, and they could come at a certain age where they're a bit embarrassed about why am i being why am i different why am i being you know highlighted as having something different it, it is really quite it can be quite upsetting for those children so massive pieces of work to happen yeah wow Surface. when you're thinking about um if you're thinking about regular the regular church up the road what would you say are the main issues facing the deaf community in that church i mean people that are profoundly deaf i guess can't go i've never been to a church service that have bsl um so i guess for those profoundly deaf they're completely excluded um yes. but for, for individuals with hearing loss what would you say are the main barriers and maybe what can we do what can vicars do what can staff do um that can uh, to make those services more accessible there are a few things we can do if we go back to the people whose first language is bsl if a deaf person turned up at the church whose first language is bsl there is a way that you could try to make your service accessible right. and that's by having either the words upon the screen or the written word and they can follow it or pointing them in the direction where you know there is accessible churches i think that's really important that the church as a whole communicates and knows where those churches are so that those people can explore their faith so their families are included as well so that it's not just only deaf people with bsl can go in there making sure that their hearing families can also come along so i think that's really important and sometimes friends and family might come along and they might act as an interpreter it's not the best thing but it's some way of doing things and then going on to people with a hearing loss i think you won't always know that that is the case and i think it's important to check out what equipment you have in your church so a hearing loop for example making sure your hearing loop works because quite often it was installed and someone knew how to deal with it and then it's left it's dusty, it's gathered dust, no one's checked if it works, they don't check if the microphones work. So it's important to check this equipment, talk to your congregation, be open, be open so that people can come and talk to you and say, you know, I've got a hearing loss and I'd, I'd like to ask you if you can do this or do that. Be approachable. As in my experience, I've met a lot of people who you wouldn't know that they have a hearing loss and they've struggled with, when prayers are being given and there's, so, there's music in the background, it can be really distracting for them. So I think some people may cope with that, some people won't. And I think that you as a church, you will know your congregation and work with them and work together to find a happy medium and a happy solution so that these people don't think, I'm not gonna bother them, I'm just going to leave. And that it's really sad to know that that's yeah. what's happened. 
Yeah, I really like that. Get to know the individuals in your specific congregation and what their specific needs are um, and, and try and address those. Because, I mean, you and I both know we, it's impossible to meet every single need at the same time because what one person needs is exactly what another person doesn't need. Um, yes. So, yeah, getting to know your congregation, getting to know them like on a personal level and finding what middle ground works for everybody. Um, yeah, you mentioned um, churches communicating with one another um, so that you can advise where there might be an accessible church that is more BSL friendly or something. Mm. Um, I'm ashamed to say I don't actually know um, where there are any local to me. Um, where are they? <laughs> yeah, well, at the moment, what I'm aware of that there are there. Well, with lockdown, it's quite difficult at the minute, isn't it? Churches aren't really happening anyway it's all online but what there was there's the church of the good shepherd which was based at welford road um and now they've moved they moved to st andrew's jarum street and then moved again to frog island so we have a church there that's church of england church that meets the first and the third sunday of the month and then we have other services that can happen in the week um and then there's also a christian fellowship church that's based at frog island in all nations church they meet there um, I think theirs is the first Sunday of the month and then there's a time where the churches all come together and have prayer groups and Bible study and other activities and events. There's quite a lot happening. Um, the Church of the Good Shepherd have got a Facebook page. We haven't got a website. I'm not very good at that. I could do with someone techie helping me create a website. That would be fantastic. And But there's also resources online as well. So through the Church of the Good Shepherd Facebook page, there are some information shared on there. Or contact me, and I'm happy to. I'm happy to work with people. And, and um, how can people get in touch direction? Sorry. How can people get in touch with you? Contact me by email, and the email is karen.sly at cov c o v lec l e c dot org. And I'm happy to phone me either. So 07891106026. Brilliant. Um, so as well as your role within the diocese, you mentioned earlier that you work at um, a centre in Leicester. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what that centre is, what happens there, what you do there, what resources are made there um, and how people can find out about it? Okay, so when the Deaf Centre closed back in 2010, that charity moved away and the Deaf community wanted to start something new. But they came together and set up a small coffee morning uh, in the All Nations Church and that was called Open House. And from there, the Deaf community grew and established its own Deaf Centre, independent of the church, so that that's based in Frog Island, number 12 Frog Island, at the back of that building. And that Deaf Centre has celebrated its 10-year anniversary this year. God did say at the beginning of the year, it won't be one day, you'll be celebrating for the whole year. That's good, considering we're on lockdown for nine yeah, months. Yeah, can't exactly have a party. <laughs> exactly. And that's a shame because we've got so much to celebrate that the Diocese of Leicester and All Nations Centre coming together to enable this to happen. So it's been great. So what happens there is there's a range of services um, to support the deaf community. Open House had a letter translation service because BSL is a different language to English. So written English is a really big barrier for the, most of the deaf community. And written English letters from DWP, the council, all different services are a barrier. So we've supported deaf people with communication 
in those letters pro bono group of interpreters doing that for them and that's empowered deaf people and enabled them to live independent lives and then we also have a range of different groups that meet there the over 50s meet there and um, we've also got sign language classes deaf awareness courses um, our church has moved there so we've got a deaf ministry space as well that started in 2016 with some funding from the growth funding from the diocese so that really kind of cemented the working relationship between the two deaf churches i think that was really important yeah. because you've got the church of the good shepherd and you've got midlands deaf christian fellowship but you've got lots of people in the middle who aren't interested in either of those so it's like the new kind of way of doing church for deaf people is evolving it's quite exciting you often think have we reached the maximum that we can do but we're barely scratching the surface there's always god showing more and more and more opportunities and things to happen i mean as i said there's work that needs to happen with the hard of hearing specifically but also with deaf children so hopefully we can start exploring that more so you just said then that written english is a completely different language to bsl when you've said it i thought of course because bsl is a language in its own right why has that never crossed my mind um but it isn't something that you would realize necessarily so for individuals that, were, that are hard of hearing subtitles and things like that would be really helpful because it yes. kind of supports what they can hear for individuals yes. that are completely deaf subtitles not that helpful yes and no yes and no i think because it's when it becomes jargonistic it becomes complicated so when people are watching subtitles they're relying on what they can see as the picture of what's actually going on on the television you know so if it's a drama you kind of get what's happening between x and y but if it's something where like with the news and lately with the government you know announcing the daily briefings there's been no access for that which has been really rubbish um, well there has but on the hidden news channels that i was gonna say know, not, not the ones no yeah. So subtitles, it depends how good your level of English actually is. And for most BSL users, subtitles are not always the answer. Um, we've been making some resources via the Deaf Centre and sending those out and working with other organisations to support that, such as the British Deaf Association, which has been a real blessing. So in terms of if you've got members in your congregation that are hard of hearing, subtitles are really, really helpful. If yes. you've got... If you've got um, congregation members that are maybe leaning more towards profoundly deaf it might be helpful to get in touch with you and see where we can go down a slightly more personalized route for that particular individual yeah i mean you can focus on plain english less jargon being more specific you know you don't go around the houses try and kind of be a bit more direct in what it is that you're talking about almost and bullet point it yeah and and kind of sometimes we can try and get a point across and we can really flower up the language that really is irrelevant just get to the point really is a really important tip keep to the point and for some people when they are if they're reading this reading the screen they can't also lip read the person that's talking at the same time so giving time and allowing for the reading of the screen and also then to see what it is that the the vicar's going to be saying or the person who's talking and it's worth considering where um individuals are sat within your yes. room as well and um, if individuals yes. are relying on lip reading they need to be able to see they need they to have do. a direct line of sight to the individual speaking yeah. but not be you know 50 meters really away at the back of the room also when when you're doing that is to not kind of single them out because some people might be quite embarrassed yeah 
you know so it's it's that getting to know getting to know your congregation and say look we're prepared to make some reasonable adjustments you're welcome to come and sit further forward i want to work with you um, and see how that goes lip reading isn't easy lip reading is very very hard i mean i can give you a test right now if you like no <laughs> just one one short sentence okay go for it i love food yeah you got it usually yeah! usually people think i've said i love you <laughs> so it's not easy you can go right off on a tangent mm. yeah you and food that's two quite different sentences I love. it looks very much the same that does look very yeah. similar yeah so it is it is really thinking about and lip reading is hard it's tiring it's very tiring mm. i'm really encouraged to hear that there is actually a lot of support available. Um, I must say, even as the disability advisor, I feel really quite out of my depth in the deaf community. I don't sign, um, I do, well, I sign Macton, I don't sign BSL. There is some crossover, I guess it's better than nothing, but that, like you say, they're two completely different languages um, and BSL is a language in its own right. Um, I can I therefore- one thing, So one thing that's really good to think about is British society are afraid to be expressive. It's generally culturally to be but prim, and abroad, prim and proper abroad. So for example, if my parents went to Greece or went to a foreign country, they're all visual and animated, you know, didn't matter about being deaf, it's like food, you know, so you can gesture and you can act things out and that's really good. And facial expressions, you know, just act things out write things down simply there are ways and tips that you can try to get by yeah yeah no that's a good idea even just maybe having like um a small whiteboard and whiteboard pen at your welcome desk and then you can just grab it if you, if someone yes. comes to visit and at least then you can both communicate um yes. like basic needs yeah, yeah no that's a really good idea um so if i'm if i'm feeling out of my depth i can't really imagine what vicars or church staff might feel that aren't that you like you and i aren't necessarily in the in the field um what 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 would you give as like a top tip where would you start simply i guess we've kind of chatted about a few things yes. as the episode's gone on um but do you have like your top three things yeah top tip don't be scared <laughs> just be patient and breathe you know just breathe i think initially it's that the fear can stop you from wanting to communicate you do panic, wouldn't you? Pardon? You do panic. Yes, I think, and just try. And I think is if you just show willingness to try and communicate, really. So don't panic, you know, don't give up. Don't give up, you know? And I think it is, it's thinking about sign language and lip reading, it's all about, it's all about the face and it's all about the body. It's about the visual, visuality of it. So making sure that you're, you know, you're not got a window behind you. If I open this curtain now, you would not see my face. My face would disappear in the shadow. So making sure you're stood in a clear position so people can see your face. Um, take your time. Don't go like that. You know, speak normally. Speak as you know. Believe it or not, people do it. I'm going to shout so you can hear me. Don't need to shout. Don't need to shout. Speak as you normally would and i think they're just simple tips and find out i'm more than happy to have conversations with people i'm keen to pass information on so please do get in touch if people want to know any more more than welcome
Thank you very much. Um, it's been really, I've learned, I feel like I've learned things just in this little, little chat. Um, so I hope uh, listeners have as well. Um, yeah, thank you very much for chatting. Listeners get in touch. I'll, um, I'll put your contact details in like the little bio of the episode. Um, so yeah, and it'd be great to speak again. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Disability in the Church podcast. For more information about the topics discussed today, then you can head to the Diocese of Leicester website and search Disability Resources for Churches. Thanks for listening and be sure to join us next time. Bye!